we're brothers. We're happy and we're singing and we're colored. Give me a high five. All right, cut and print. Beautiful guys. Dynamite. What's up, what's up, guys? Your favorite father and son podcast, man, back again. New week, new episode. Y'all know how we rock. We don't know what y'all doing, but we still making sure that every week we give you guys content aiming to change the narrative of black men one episode at a time. Let's get into it, man. What's up, Nashville? What's up? My name is Jonathan Davis. I go by Jumba. Nashville, my name is Leon Davis Jr. I go by Yo Dog and Man, we're just excited to be doing our 140th episode. That means 140 weeks in a row. Man, you know that's that's a grind for me. You know, I, I, ain't, I ain't a young I ain't a young chicken no more. I'm a spring hen or what they call a spring rooster, whatever the case may be. Whatever it is, I ain't young no more. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, God has blessed us, man, to have 140 straight weeks, dude. So we just excited about this one, man. We really excited about this one. And I let my son tell you about that piece, man. But, uh, hey, man, you know, we've been having a little snowy weather this week, man. You know, one day it was dreary, man. And, you know, then the day is kind of clearing up a little bit, man. And then the sun came out. So, man, that just tells me, man, you know, they sang this little song in church, man. There's a bright side somewhere. There's always a bright side, my brothers and my sisters. So, don't, man, don't give up. Don't give out, don't give in. And if you're not listening to Black Men Vent 2, then give in to that. Start listening, man, and get up, get with us, and catch up on your episodes, man. But today, hey, man, this is this is going to be good. This is going to be good. As y'all always know, man, I don't know where my pop's coming with these, these weather reports, man. But that is the Black Men Vent 2 Ratchet Weather Report, guys. We've had a very wintry week in Nashville, Tennessee, man. We've seen up to, I think, 10 inches of snow in certain areas, man. So to all of our Nashville friends and supporters, man, be safe out in this weather, man. But again, guys, yes, new episode, man. We do and we are very excited to have the guest that we have today, man. He comes to us from the Virgin Islands. Y'all know we'll go anywhere, man, to get a podcast and get a black man's story. This brother, man, this guest, he has a book out in Nashville that we also highlighted on today's episode, man. Guys, this book really, really highlights how we can be better behind the topic of co-parenting, man. Making uncomfortable conversations comfortable. We do that, and our guest does that with his book. This episode is loaded, man. Make sure y'all tap in a lot to listen to, a lot to look forward to. Langley, our good brother, man, Langley Shazer, we love you, brother. We appreciate you, man, for being on the show. We don't want to waste no more time, man. Let's get into today's episode, guys. Again, man, support us, Nashville. If you guys want to do advertisements, sponsorships, any way, man, to make black men vent to better. We cannot be better without you. With that being said, man, let's get into today's episode. Nashville, have you heard of Black Man Vent Today? We back, we back, man, we back, we back. Guys, good morning, man, good morning, Nashville, good morning, Nashville. Ah, peace to the city and peace to the planet, man. 2024, 
Uh, we still doing what we doing. We don't know what y'all doing. But if you're not listening to Black Man Fit Two Man, the number one podcast voted in that last year of 2023, man. If you're not listening to us, something is wrong, man. You can't beat a black father, a black son, the only black father and on, black man. son podcast in Nashville, Tennessee, the city that is small. But it's a big town for sure, man. We steadily growing. And one way that we want to grow is by way of making us the one-stop shop for black men and mental health. Guys, if you're out there listening and you need some type of mental health resources from black men, therapy, counseling, anything that we can bridge a gap of connection to, man, we want to do that here with the Black Man V2 Podcast, guys. Welcome. We are excited to have you guys be a part of our week, man. Aiming to change the narrative of black men one episode at a time. Man, Pops, we got a good one today, man. I, I'll kind of lead into it, man, and I'll give you the baton. But, man, great guest we got on today, guys. This is our first, uh, what would you call it, a reunion? Yeah, man, kind of like a reunion, man, yeah. but just kind of like, man, just like a, uh, what they call it, a, a redo, man, but a yeah. redo. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt, man. Uh, make sure you guys check the episode description. We're going to drop the first episode that we had with our guest today as well as naturally dropping the episode that you are hearing right now, man. But presenting to some, introducing to others, this man is a man of many hats. Um, he has supported our business by way yeah. of merchandise. Yes, sir. He's prayed for us. Yes, sir. Uh, and he was a former guest on the show, man. So make sure you guys check out that, that episode as well as this one. We have Mr. Langley Shazer here today, man. He has a great book that we're going to get into later in the episode. But Pops, man, what, what can we say about this, brother? Man, what I want to say, man, is first of all, I appreciate the brother for taking the time to be with us, man, because like I said, you know, this brother is on Facebook. He's on Instagram. He has a ministry, man. He has a child, man. He has children, you know, has, has babies, man. He had to take care of, man. And then I've also seen him on Facebook with a love interest, man. Maybe I got that wrong, but that's what, <laughs> that's what it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. at the end of the day, he's a busy brother, man. And he took time out, man, to be on the Black Man Vent 2 for, not, for the second time. Right. Not the first time. But the second time, and I know some people out there are probably going to say, well, how are they going to bring that bro back, man, and they hadn't brought me back? Well, we'll bring you back, man, as soon as we get an opportunity. But we got this opportunity to help this brother promote a great book, and it's for a great cause, man. So with that being said, we had to get Mr. Langley Shazer back on the show. So I want to stop talking, man, and let this brother get some get some words in, man. So without, that, without any further ado, man, What's up, my brother, Brother Langley Shazer? What is going on, gentlemen? It is an honor and a privilege to be here. Welcome back to uh, Nashville. Everybody who's going to be watching this uh, later, welcome to all of all of the people who follow Casual Word, Casual Word Radio. Follow me on Facebook. Uh, man, it's just, an, again, it's a joy to be back. It's a joy to see you guys. You know, yes. you stay in communication, but this is haven't really had a chance to do this since the last time we did it right, right. uh right. And, and i'm just excited to be back thank you guys for your support of all my endeavors for support of the word support of the messaging uh and, and thank you guys for allowing me to come back on like you just said you know you could have picked anyone else to be the first person to bring back to your show uh and so uh, it's definitely a, a privilege and it's it's tumbling that you guys chose me and uh I'm, again i'm thankful to be here it's it's a great time in fellowship it's a great time in transparency it's a great time in conversation because yeah. men need conversation yes. wholesome conversation not just about 
sports and the weather and women, but we need to talk about things that are really going on with ourselves. And it's a great platform. So thank you guys again for having me. Yes, yes sir, sir, bro. Yes, sir, man. We're gonna dive right into it, man. Um, our audience knows how we get down with our guest, man. Uh, Langley, man. For those again may not know you, uh, give us a background, man, of who you are. Um, a background, man, of parent backgrounds. If you have siblings, and uh, man, let's just dive into, man, just catching up, man. What's been the latest with you? What are you doing? Uh, uh, in the area that you reside in, the community that you're in, man. What type of good things are you pumping out into your community? And then naturally, man, that second half, guys, y'all stay with us, man, because it's a book that has been released by this good brother right here. And you don't want to miss, man, everything that's involved, man. So stay tuned on the yes, second sir. half. But Langley, talk to us, man. How you been? Uh, good, 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 man. And for those who don't know who I am, Langley Shazer, the casual word. I've uh, been doing podcasts, been doing video, been doing television now um, for several years. Uh, you know, I do a lot of creative writing. Uh, everything is centered around upbuilding. Everything is centered around enlightenment. Everything is centered around lifting other people up and giving people opportunities. So, uh, you know, nothing changes but but the location is what I've always said. And, and that's why I try to practice. So, you know, grew up uh, in Bristol, Virginia, small town. I, I say Virginia, everybody thinks Tidewater region. They think D.C., DMV. I'm on the opposite side of the state, down by Tennessee and cold. So mm -hmm. much different than NASCAR country and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, but still, you know, a beautiful place. It, it, was, it was a great small town community. Did a lot of great things there. Set on a lot of boards and commissions. You know, spent some time teaching in, in the middle school and mostly just trying to get make sure that I was giving back to my community. And now that I've moved I'm now in St. Thomas, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and we're we're very much doing the same things. Uh, you know, we're working with Red Cross, working with nonprofits, sitting on boards and commissions, and doing everything that I can to ensure that my legacy is one of encouragement, but also one of action. And we don't want to just be talking. We want to make sure that we're putting some sort of action item, some sort of deliverable, something quantified and measured behind the things that we talk about and those are the things that we have to be standing by that's one thing i stand by is this is all great conversation but what happens next and i'm an advocate for the next portion right? what is going to be after we've had this conversation after we've read the book after we've uh looked at the meme after we've seen the social media post what what do we do after that mm -hmm. and so what's happening recently is making sure that there are some some verbs attached. There are some things that we are out here doing that we can see a change, even if it's temporary, in someone's circumstance by the work that we're doing. And that's 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 really what it's what it's all about. Uh, and it doesn't always have to be. I want just to mention that it doesn't always have to be going out and doing something. Not everybody has that capacity. Not everybody has that ability. But one thing I do say, if you have the ability and you have the capability, then you have a responsibility. Whatever that capability is and whatever your time frame is that you are available, do something to impact someone else's life positively, no matter what that looks like. That's good. I like that, man. If you yeah. have the ability mm -hmm. and the capability, mm -hmm. then you have the responsibility. Yeah. That's good. I like that. That's, That's good right there, man. That's good right there. Man, what you what you got for him? Man, Langley, what I want to ask you is, man, like you said, if a person does not have the capability to be like in in the in the in, you know, in the game, but here's the piece what they can do, and you said it at the end, but they can be have support though. You know, if you're not able to financially be involved, if you're not able to physically 
be involved. Well, you still can be involved by just praying for these situations, man. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, we as believers know that prayer will get us in any door, man. But yeah, it's going to take those other things, finances and, and, and getting brothers active, man. But how do we likely get people to understand that whatever part you can play to help move these positive movements along, <clears throat> step up and step in and show out, man. How can we get people motivated to get on the bus, man? <laughs> well, I, I think the first question that we have to ask and the, and the thing that we have to identify is what role are they going to play, right? I think a lot of the reason why people are unmotivated is because they don't know what they want to do. Mm. So we've got to assist right, in creating the avenue and the mechanism for them to find whatever it is that they're interested in. Mm -hmm. uh, the same this thing, this, you can look at this in, for the public sector. You can look at it in ministry. You can look at it in the private sector. No matter what industry or, or what area that you serve or work in, you have to first figure out, A, what you're good at, B, what you like, and C, where you want to grow. Mm -hmm. those are the things that we have to first kind of unearth before you can get people motivated and get them on the bus. And the other thing is we to come to terms with the fact that some things just not for you. Mm -hmm. Some things are just not going to be in your wheelhouse. You're mm -hmm. not ever going to, you know, we, as, as, as a, as a pure example, you're not going, you may not be the choir director. You may not ever be able to be the choir director. However, you could serve in another musical capacity mm -hmm. that's going to give you the same joy, but not be the choir director. Again, this is just an example for everybody who's listening. So mm -hmm. when we talk about getting people on the bus, we talk about getting people involved. We have to make sure that we're giving them the, the correct avenue, that we're giving them the correct path. And then we also have to realize as leaders, and those of us being led that, okay, this is just not going to be my road, no matter how bad I want it. Mm. And when people can come to terms with that and say, okay, you know what, this is not me, but this is, and then be willing to pivot, then you can start seeing advancement. Right. But right now you got, everybody wants to be on top. Everybody wants to be, one of my boys said this just the other day on our live together. Every, some people want to be in the spotlight instead of being the spotlight. And that was something that stuck with uh, myself and a lot of people. Uh, you got so many people who want to be the front face. They want to be the person that has all the notoriety. They want the fame. They want the recognition. But they're not the person that should be given. And what I mean by that is you, they may not be the right fit. Mm -hmm. So we have to sure that all individuals and ourselves are included that we, that we take that serious step back and say, okay, this is what I want, but I'm not the best candidate for it. Mm -hmm. So let the right person be in that position and go where I can be the most effective. See, a lot of people want to be impressive, but not enough people want to be impactful. That is something we have. Yeah, sure. yeah, mm. yeah. I like that. That's big. I, I, I was. I want to bounce off a question with that because I think, um, I think it's safe to say, man, our culture 
we may show it in a different way, man versus woman, but we are emotionally inclined. Um, you know, black men and black women, we may show those emotions differently. You know, some of us may cry. Some of us may slam a door. Some of us may go to the gym. Some of us may, you know, we have our mechanisms for dealing with emotional stress. And I think when you mm -hmm. are made aware that you are not the man or the woman qualified for a position, you get in your feelings. That's what mm -hmm. they say. You know, you get in your feelings, mm -hmm. you get in your emotions, <laughs> you get uptight in the chest, your, your blood pressure go up, that type of thing. What is it, Langley, with our culture um, to where we're able to deviate from that type of response and just be more in an accepting response of understanding that, wow, you know, maybe that brother is better for this position. Or you know what? Maybe that sister, she, she, she is right for this type of this type of dealing without getting in our feelings. What what is a good way, man, to move the feelings out the way and understanding that impact is is mm. is better? You mm. know, what what's what's our way of kind of moving those emotions out the way? Gosh, that's that's a, a little bit tricky because we're all human beings by nature are emotional creatures. I know we we always delineate between men and women. However, <clears throat> to your point, we are we are both emotional mm -hmm. uh, in our own unique capacities. So within the Black community, one of the things that we have to understand is that, and I'm just going to put this out here, we are one of the only races on the planet who in the face of adversity in the face of tyranny in the face of obstacles in the face of totalitarianism still battle each other baby daddy changing the narrative is as much an exercise in introspection as it is a challenge when i was writing this book I really had to dig in and be honest with myself about a lot of the things that I had done perhaps incorrectly, a lot of the things that I had done selfishly, a lot of the things that I missed were due to me having my priorities in a different order than they are today. And when we look at what the baby daddy moniker is, it's purely a negative connotation. It's purely something that people don't like to be called is something that only makes people feel as though the man is inferior as though they have never been able to step up to the plate or rise to the occasion and we want to make sure that we change the entire perception and the only way to do that is to take a serious look at ourselves Take a serious look at who we are, not only as men, but as black men, as fathers. And it doesn't mean just biological fatherhood. We're talking about step parents. We're talking about mentors. We're talking about educators. We're talking about Bible study, youth ministry, whatever capacity and whatever dynamic that relationship is that a man has with a, a young person, we can always get better at that. We can always grow, we can always advance, we can always improve. And that's what this book is about. It's not only about recognizing a lot of the things that we have been doing that are creating some of the problems that we're seeing, both in relationships in the judicial system and in relationships with our children, but also it's a way for us to become aware and then become 
enabled and mobilized to act. As I said numerous times, if you have the capability and you have the availability, then you have a responsibility. So to that end, if you are capable of becoming a better person and the availability simply means that there are opportunities for you to become that better person, then you have a responsibility to become that better person. Likewise, if you have the availability to do great things and you are capable of doing great things, then you have a responsibility to do great things. And not just in your community, but in your household, in yourself. This is such an exercise in the introspective process where you can look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I've got to become better. I've got to make some changes. I've got to make some adjustments. I've got to pivot if I want to improve the things that I'm seeing in my life and improve the experiences that I'm having in my life. So get yourself a copy of Baby Daddy Changing the Narrative. It doesn't matter if you're a man, woman, Uh, that your biological father, a stepfather, uh, an adoptive father, whatever your role is, you can benefit from this book. It is available on Amazon. You can look up Langley Shazer, that's L-A-N-G-L-E-Y-S-H-A-Z-O-R on Amazon, and you'll pull up that and other titles from me, uh, Langley Shazer, The Casual Word. Again, guys, thank you for all your time. Thank you for your support, and get yourself a copy of this. You will not regret it. Right. So foundationally, right. Right. Let's, just, let's, just, let's just say it like it is. We still have not figured out how to work together. Mm. Mm. Right. Fundamentally, that's where we we struggle. And that's, you know, I did a presentation several years ago about internalized depression. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that people often overlook is the fact that we as a race of people have been through so much trauma, so much uh, hatred, so much um, prejudice and persecution that we in turn project that back out as our only way of understanding and interacting with the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. So some of of what we have to, to do is unlearn genetic, unfortunately, and generational uh, ideologies, right? So many, you know, it, I, I was talking to someone just, just recently and they were like, you know, they're still sitting around waiting on some sort of handout because their, you know, uncle, brother's cousin twice removed was a slave. Like, at what point do you stop sitting around hoping for assistance and start getting up and doing something? Yes, sir. Um, right. You know, but... Not to digress too far, when you look at Black people in general, the emotional response is almost our only way of responding any type of stimuli. Mm -hmm. And that's due to a lot of the stuff that we've gone through as a race. Mm -hmm. The problem is we have yet to be able to determine when a reaction is righteous and unrighteous, mm. right? 
everything gets the same reaction from black people. No, we see the memes, right? We see the jokes about it, right? You know, everything gets the same reaction for us from us, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, awesome, terrible. Is right? It, it, our our reactions just blanket everything, right? And then it takes cultural nuances to understand whether or not the reaction is righteous and positive mm -hmm. or unrighteous and negative if you're not adept at understanding the culture then you're never going to really pick up on that mm -hmm. so we have to be more articulate in how we convey our emotional response and we also have to figure out and I don't really have a full answer for you on, on removing the emotion, but a lot of that is introspection. A lot of that is understanding that emotional responses, even when they're righteous, may not be correct. Right. Mm. Right. Mm. Right. We blur that line a lot and say, well, you know, I'm justified in, in reacting this way. No, you're justified in feeling that way. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. Yeah. You're justified in your in your feelings. Wow. Your response, however, may not be appropriate. Yes. We have yet to figure out how to do that. Wow. Well, and like not it. to necessarily like remove it. the emotion, I like but it. I think emotional intelligence is very important. And I think that's what you just kind of emphasized on for sure. Absolutely. And emotional intelligence goes beyond just being able to understand your emotions. Right. Right. Well, right. so I, I think I think right. what what we have seen is as people people you overutilize certain terminology and then it loses its right. importance. Mm -hmm. Right. And it loses it loses people forget what it truly means and it's 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 understanding, right? So we 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 throw this term around emotional intelligence all the time. And what I see is people use that term, but in the context of simply just using your emotions at the right time. Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, you're happy so you can be happy and, and not not misusing an emotion in the wrong context at the wrong time with the wrong people. But emotional intelligence goes far beyond that. Emotional intelligence is also understanding how your emotions affect yourself, your mental health, your spiritual health, and your physical health, but affect others, how you project that even when you're not saying anything. Mm -hmm. And emotional intelligence is also realizing that sometimes you don't need to have an emotional response at all. Sometimes you need to talk to yourself out of even feeling some kind of way about something. You know, um, that's one thing that we we all struggle with as human beings is, hey, you know what? You might have that split second where you're really upset about something and then you got to step back and be like you know what that's not even worth my energy and then let it go man right come on man one thing i talk about is awareness is only half the equation after you become aware now you have to do something right right whatever that looks like you know once mm -hmm. you become aware of a behavior now it's up to you to change it that's right so that's right. some stuff doesn't doesn't it doesn't need a response at all you don't need to get upset you know we we as 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 black people and i think this is both a defense mechanism and also a level of passive aggressiveness to create walls to keep people out mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. uh, something that we feel like is a level of protection um to be aggressive right and to be loud and and to be boisterous and and all all of that 
you know, drives a wedge between us and other cultures, right? Yeah. And and, and, yeah. and for us, it's like, well, this is who we are because we feel in this innate need to have to protect ourselves so from everything, so right? True. Except ourselves and each other. Mm -hmm. So if you're to apply that, then that's something you've got to apply across the board, right? right? Um, one of the things that, one of the areas where I struggle with Black Lives Matter is directly related to this, this whole conversation. The movement, the concept is beautiful. Yes, Black lives should matter. Yeah, yeah. However, they still don't matter to us. Mm. We still don't matter to each other. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do we... And how can we honestly expect to be respected from everyone else when we still give them every reason not to? Yeah, so true. Yeah, yeah, man. I I I, I agree, man. And, and thing what you just said, we have to be true to ourselves, man, but also true to everything that we're trying to push to get people to believe in and support. Because you just said. Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter, great cause, came up in a, a a real like stressful time in the in in our United States or whatever. But it's sad because the people that were pushing the Black Lives agenda, that was not their total agenda. They had some other stuff going on. You know what I'm saying? And that's sad, man, because you used a you used the situation to manipulate a whole people, man. You know what I'm saying? And it's sad because not only does it happen in those situations, but it happens all the time. So we got to start calling a spade a spade and not continue to let you renege and get away with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And, and that's one of the things that I experience here quite often is we, we have yet to create an identity that's not wrapped in prejudice and racism. Come on, man. Yeah. As, as a people, everything mm -hmm. that we identify ourselves as, in a lot of cases, this is not across the board, but in a lot of cases, and in a lot of things that we're seeing, it's all based on the fact that we have been exploited and the fact that we've been through all these terrible things. But we've also done marvelous things and yet, we cannot seem to focus on anything but the, the negative things that have occurred. Yeah. Also, if we're going to talk about it, at what point do you let the past stay there? Man, mm -hmm. stay there. Mm -hmm. at, at what point, right? Mm -hmm. At what point mm -hmm. say, yeah. okay, these atrocities happen. This was part of human history. This is part of world history. This is part of... U.S. history, we get it. It's been there. I'm not. I'm not diminishing that by any stretch. I know they were terrible, terrible things. I know people saw terrible things, experienced terrible things. My family has has a long history of that as well. Slave rape and some different stuff that that's, that has occurred. So no one is downplaying its mm -hmm. significance. However, at what point do you start looking forward? At what point do you start saying, okay, yes, we are fully aware of our history. But where are we taking our future? 
Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes. Right. And it, our, our future can't our future cannot stay wrapped in our past. Yes. Right. Exactly. Right? At some point you 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 recognize it its existence, but then you 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 draw a line in the sand and you say, okay, from here forward, this is who we're going to be as a people. This is what we're going to do as black men and black women. These are the kinds of things that we want to see our children have. These are kinds of things that we want to see happen in our communities. And we just the way we want to frame our economy, some different things. We have to build something that does not look like everything that we've experienced. Mm -hmm. And we can't use the experience as the sole motivator for what we're doing. Exactly. I think the, the crazy thing exactly. you say, you know, when you talk about black people and our experiences, man, it goes back to what I was alluding to. I think we attach our experiences with emotion. And you got to think, Langley, if you are not able to have the emotional intelligence and wherewithal to place these emotions in certain categories behind that history and that experience, then you're never really going to get over the experience because you can't get over the emotion that is attached to the experience. Mm -hmm. And I think black people, we are caught up in so much of the emotion that comes with the traumatic events we've been through, the traumatic events we've seen. Again, emotion is something that is involved in every human race, as you said, but it's so hard to forgive and forget, right? It's so hard to go through these experiences and know that you may see something here or there that's going to quickly remind you of the emotion first that came with the experience and not just necessarily the experience itself. You're going to feel that emotion hit you and it's like, wow, I felt that when this mm -hmm. happened three years ago. Mm -hmm. Wow, mm -hmm. I felt that when this happened seven years ago. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we get past the experience. I think we do that. We get past the experience. It takes time. But that emotion, man, when you're already not able to channel that in the way that you are supposed to or should, based off of maybe your own upbringing, your own dealings, it's hard to really deal with the experience because the emotion has already been misplaced. Well, I, I think you make a great point, right? You know, the, it's it's not about dealing with the experience. The experience is a moment in time. That experience, right. unless you are the person repeating it, is never going to happen again. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you look even physiologically, memories are not recollections of events they're recollections of the emotional attachment to that event there you go right so you, you don't you don't you, you only recall the event because you recall the way it made you feel there yeah you go. Man. There you yeah go. that's man. what i mean right? yeah yeah so so we have to work diligently on managing the emotional reaction absolutely right? and that's and there's any number guys isn't it anybody who's listening to this there are a number of options, therapy, meditation, spirituality. There's a number of options to help you guys do that. And, and I want to stop and definitely put that out there because as we're having this conversation, I'm sure people are going to be like, oh, well, well you know, what's the solution? Well, there, there is no one size fits all. Thank Human you. beings are Thank inherently you. unique. We all have a different, two people can do the same thing and will still process it differently, right? right? Based on their eyes based on their their genes based on their experience based on how their minds are wired oh, that's all you guys can go and find that that's all researchable information okay so yeah. it doesn't matter what 
has occurred, everyone's going to have a different experience and a different way of perceiving whatever that occurrence is. So to that point, your solution is going to be very much modified to the person that you are. It's going to be customized. You're going to have to try a few things. You're going to, me, I love therapy. I like to talk, get, get things off my chest. I like going and talking to someone who is not involved in any capacity in the things that are going on in my life. Someone yeah, can be man. purely objective. Yes. Does that work for everyone? Listen, therapy only works if you're honest. So first you got to start with, are you really going to open up, right? Some people go to therapy and lie to their therapist. No wonder you're not getting better because you're not even being true to yourself. No. So that may not be the avenue for some people who are listening today, but you've got to find one. Yeah. Right. You've got to find something that helps you bring peace, bring alignment, bring joy, and all those things help you deal with whatever the emotions are that trouble you. Because the word says that we are always going to be dealing with something. That's and right. Always something going. That's right. Right. That's right. And it word also says be angry, but sin not. So the sin is not in your emotion, it's in your response. Mm. And that's something that we have to remember that it is okay to feel whatever it is you're feeling. Yeah. That is never it's what you do mm. that could become the problem. So that's where we have to I that's where we have to get to where we understand that part of our our emotional outburst is also because we've never been allowed to really go through the emotion process. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially as a race of people, it's, we've always had to be tough. We've always had to figure it out. We've always had to push as a bar bootstraps. You always had to endure inordinate amounts of pain. You always had to endure suffering. So we've never been able to sit and go through a positive cathartic emotional process and so the only thing that we have is anger the only thing that we have is outburst the only thing that we have is rage because we've never been allowed nor shown how to walk through gates of emotion and come out on the other side I love it. This is a, a good time for a break, man. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. we gotta we gotta try to pay a few bills, man. But I'm gonna tell you what, <laughs> this is a good time to end this right here, man, so that we can go into the next half of our conversation yeah. dealing with the book, man, and how yeah. you deal with all how you incorporate all those things that we just talked about in the first half into this book that this brother has for us, the show bros had, man. How do we do a little bit better as being fathers man and, and brothers in society man so we're gonna take a break right here man and we'll come back right after this quick commercial mm -hmm. timeout mm -hmm. today's commercial break is brought to you by the ted talk on youtube by mr joel leon titled the beautiful hard work of co-parenting. If you would like to listen to the rest of today's TED Talk, please click the link in our episode description below. Thank you.
My name is Joel, and I'm a co-parent.、Um, so, growing up, I never heard the term co-parent. I heard a lot of other things, though. I,、um, for starters, absentee father,、um, sperm donor.、Uh, that's a good one.、Um, deadbeat dad, and my personal favorite, baby daddy.、Uh, Baby daddy, for those not in the know, refers to an individual who helps to conceive a child but does little else.、Uh, baby daddy is also someone who is not married by law to the mother of said child.、Um, growing up, I thought co-parent was reserved primarily for white families that starred in Netflix primetime dramas. <laughs> It still kind of does, but.、Um, <laughs> It wasn't used to, to to explain the role of a parent, right? Either you had kids or you didn't, and no one in my social circles or at our dinner table was having complex conversations about the role fathers played in that conversation, right? A a more balanced, open, loving approach to parenting was not something we were discussing within our social circles. A majority of the time,、uh, the fathers I knew of growing up were barely present or just completely non-existent. Co-parent wasn't a term I heard or saw where I grew up, where I came from. I come from the hood. That hood would be Crescent Avenue, 188th in the Bronx.、Um, and for <laughs> one person, that's what's up. What's up? <laughs> Appreciate that.、Um, <laughs> for a lot of us in that hood, there was only one person we could already turn to for food, shelter, warmth, love, discipline. Our mothers. My mother, who I playfully call Linda T, was my first example of real love and what showing up as a healthy co-parent looked like. She was a strong, determined single mother, a woman who would have benefited greatly from having a secure and stable partner as a co-parent. So I vowed, right, whenever I got married, my boo and I would be together forever. You know, we <laughs> we share the same bed and home, we sleep under the same covers, we argue at IKEA, normal stuff.、Um, My partner would feel seen and loved, and our children would grow up in a two-parent household. However, things rarely ever end up how we plan them. Our daughter Lila has never known a household with both of her parents living together under one roof. Her mother and I were never married. We dated on and off for several months before we found out she was pregnant. Up until then, my mother didn't even know she existed. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed, and at times I was suicidal. I was asking myself, what was I doing? Where was I going wrong? I never wanted the、uh, stigma or label of what some identified as the stereotypical black father, right? So absentee, confrontational, combative,、um, not present. It took a lot of work, time, energy, and effort for us to finally, finally realize that maybe. Co-parenting for us didn't need to mean a shared household and wedding bells. That maybe, just maybe, the way we showed up as co-parents lay not only in the layered nuances of our partnership, but the capacity within our hearts to tend to a human that we help create together. <laughs> It would involve love in a nurturing and safe environment that would feed. Lila, long after we both left this earth. <laughs> Fast forward four years, and Lila is now in pre-K. 
She loves gummies, and she says things like, "My heart is filled with love." She's the most loving, compassionate, empathetic human being I know, and the reason I get to tell you all of this is because she's back in the Bronx with her mother. You see, this is co-parenting, and in an ideal world, my mother would have had a co-parent too. She would have had support. Someone to show up and give her a break, a time off. In an ideal world, every parent is a co-parent. In an ideal world, both parents share the weight of the work appropriately. Lila's mother and I have a schedule. Some days I leave work and pick Lila up from school. Some days I don't. Lila's mother gets to go rock climbing or study for the LSAT, and I get to stand in a room full of bold, dynamic, and powerful women and talk about dad stuff. <laughs> And just like that, we're back, man. We're back. Hope you guys enjoyed that commercial break, man. Dude, uh, as we always say, man, in the second half of our podcast, if you're just now joining us, something's wrong with you, man. Hit that rewind button. Please go back a couple of a couple of minutes, man, and check out. Our good friend, our good brother, Mr. Langley Shazer, he's doing a lot in the Virgin Islands, man. Y'all know we'll go anywhere with a podcast. Don't play with us. You know what? We'll go anywhere we with a podcast. We got to get it. We got it. I'm talking about we doing this by via uh, via virtual, uh, virtual uh, you know, help because uh, the Lord has blessed us in this fashion. But uh, I want to get over there, man, and do a personal podcast, yeah, man. Gotta, you know what I'm saying? We got to do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna need y'all to, to come on down. That, yeah, that, that man, was, we want to get down there, man, on a serious note. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Shout out to everyone again in the Virgin Islands, yes, man. Sir. The audience that's listening to us today. We are again the Black Man Vent Two Podcast. Follow us and support us, man. We're we're really really uh, adamant this year, man, about sponsorships and um and uh, advertisements. So, guys, if you want more information, man, on how to sponsor the podcast, man, each and every episode, we can only be better by being better with you. That's right. So um, team up with us, man. Rock with us, man. We got merch. We got advertisements. We do sponsorships. Anything and everything, man, to promote small black business, but also catering and geared towards betterment of black men and mental health, man. So tap in with us, guys. Shoot us an email, man. Any way we can help, man, we will. But with that being said, let us get into it, man. Um, Y'all know how we rock, guys. Y'all know our lingo. Y'all know our spiel for the second half, man. Langley, let's get into it, man. This book, oh my goodness, man. Mm -hmm. What would you like to vent about today on Black Men Vent 2? Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, guys. Thanks thanks again for having me. Uh, always sure. a pleasure to be here. Uh, this is just a wonderful conversation. Yeah. Uh, that first half was just, whoo, yeah, that's, yeah, man. Getting, getting, getting in there. Getting yeah, in there. Man. Hey, man, it, it, it gets so good, man. You want to be selfish. And I was getting ready to say something. I said, no, nah, we're going to kill it, man. So let's just cut it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I appreciate you guys letting let me get on here and, and and get on my soapbox kind of a little bit and just yes, uh, you know, share my thoughts, share my my experiences, and and again, you know, for everybody who's listening, everything that you'll hear that you heard in the first is purely my opinion. It's just purely right. through things yeah. that I've seen, yeah. conversations that I've had. So uh, I don't want anybody to take this away as like this is what they this is how they all feel on Black Man Event too. This is just what I think. This is just right. really what what uh, in in my summation of the things that I, I have seen uh, in a multitude of states, a lot of different communities, a lot of different places in the world. So, you know, again, this is purely my opinion. This is not the opinion of uh, Leon or Jonathan. This is not the opinion of the podcast. This is just what I think. I want to put that out there and make sure everybody understands that's abundantly clear. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, aside from that, 
uh, we're going to listen to some more of my opinion with this book. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Baby Daddy Changing the Narrative. This is book number seven. All right. Uh, seven, man. Sign of completion, man. Divine yes, completion, man. This the one. This, this, the, the, this one, the one. This, this the one. I've been feeling this. Yeah, since this the one. Writing it. This was going to be the one. This is the one that uh, a lot of people have really, really been excited about. I've had a lot of support behind it. Um, and, and this is one that I, I just really want to see explode. And it's not about monetary gain, but we just talked about impact. Yeah. Right? We just talked about impact. And yeah. that's what I want to see, the impact. I want to see people reading the book, utilizing the book. It's not a long read. None of my books are long. And that's by design because I want people to be able to go back and reference. I want them to right. get through it and it not be something arduous. It not be a chore. I want them to enjoy reading. And then they have something they can go back to and reference when they have a question or a thought or an experience. And they say, oh, you know what? Let me go back and look at this book where he said X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. right? So it's 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 cool as much as it is anything else. And I'm just, I'm just excited about it. This is a book that is all personal. Um, you know, maybe even more so than um, 40 Days and Nights. I mean, that was kind of semi-autobiography of certain experiences that I've had. But this one is much more personal because this is about parenthood, right? This is about fatherhood. This is about being a black father. This is about being uh, a poor black father mm. for a number of years. Let's just say it, right? This yeah. is a lot of where this book came from is because as I have gotten older, as I've tried to in, improve the relationships with my children and their mothers and, you know, uh, help other children and a multitude of different capacities you realize like man you know you need to walk the walk and a lot of that walking requires some change right? a lot of that walking requires some looking at yourself in the mirror and saying you know what mm, you're you're not who you portray nor who you think you are and and coming to that hard realization and saying i need to make some adjustments right i need to make some different different decisions and different behaviors and have some some different mental aptitudes right some 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 different um predispositions mm -hmm. awesome thing mm -hmm. and, and and those are the things that this book talks about right these it it it, it opens pandora's box in a sense that i wanted to bring up things that we don't hear and i wanted to talk about certain topics that you only hear in negative conversations amongst women mm. let's 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 be honest while we're while we're being honest yes sir um, yes sir a lot of the stuff that those of you who will read this book will see is that we're being very vulnerable and what i would call aggressively transparent and what i mean by that is i'm really pulling back the veil mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, not to spill too much of the beans or give too much away, but, you know, we're, we're going to talk about lots of things in this book that used to be and still to a certain extent are like our badges of honor yeah. uh, in certain circles, you know, having, you know, five and 10 baby mamas and all this other nonsense like. OK, that's I mean, what's glorious about that, really? Right, right, right. What's what's glorious about that, really? Mm -hmm. Um, you know that. Let's 
Y'all might not like me after this podcast. I'm just gonna say that to everybody who's, who's gonna hear this. But let's, let's just. But but this is the this is the point, right? This is the point. Are uh, you, you guys talk about making uncomfortable conversations comfortable? Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. so yeah. when you have all these kids everywhere, it's like all all that shows me is that you are irresponsible. Mm. Okay. Period. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, and far be it for me to say how you should be living your life. However. It is that's not a badge of honor to have eight, nine, 10, 12 kids running around right. and you're not involved with none of them. Right. Mm. Right. Mm. right. Yeah, that's the key. So that's the key. That's the key. That's the key. You know, um some of the other things is is your your reaction and your interaction to and with your children's mother. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You we we've got a lot of men, and I did a lot of these things. So I do want to put that disclaimer out, guys. What you're going to read is not something that I didn't do or I wasn't very close to the person that did that I got this information from. Mm -hmm. We were running around together, doing doing stuff, you know, chasing after girls, just like every young man does. Right. But at some point, when does that stop? And that's some of the stuff that we're going to that we're going to look at is, you know, if you decide, as an example, this is also in the book. This is a whole, I have a whole chapter on this. If you're not going to be involved with your children, you don't have a right to be upset with or about the next man that steps in and wants to be involved. <laughs> all right. All right. No one wants to hear that. No one wants to speak, hear that, especially from a man. Truth. No one wants to hear that. But you know what? Speak That's truth. real. Yeah. Speak true. That's real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I've dealt with that. Mm. Nowhere to be found until someone shows up that that woman is serious about and likes being around their children. Now all of a sudden everything's a problem. Now all of a sudden this guy will start showing up. And mm. I will say this: if if a person stepping in makes you step up, that's awesome. But if you just step up to cause chaos, mm. that's a problem. Mm. That's what people don't want to talk about. Yes. I have no problem. If you decide that because I am now in your kid's life and trying to be a role model that now you want to be involved, great. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to make it a problem for you to see your kids. I'm not going to be an impediment to you having a relationship with your children. But what you're not going to do is show up and, and be a hindrance to everything we're trying to build. Mm, so you because that them. emotion, man, that we talked about it, Langley, that emotion it's that emotion tied to that experience mm -hmm. from the failed relationship or the relationship that didn't work. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And you, and you have to when you talk about separating that emotion, right? This is where that separation is key. You can feel some kind of way, as mm -hmm. people say, right, about this new individual in your children's lives, right? But you can also be willing to have a conversation with that person mm -hmm. to start in that relationship with your kid, with your mm -hmm. children, all that's on you. Right. And all that's on you. You so many times as men, we blame the other guy. We blame the woman. We blame the parents. We blame all these different people for why we don't have a relationship with our kids. When in reality, we just don't want one. Mm. Langley. Hey man, you mm. just explained something. You said something then that I wish brothers would get away from, man, and that's victimology. Always we're the victim. 
She did mm -hmm. this to me. They did this to me. The system did this to me. You know what? You might be right about all of that. But at some point, it's something you could have done that could have steered that in another direction. Something. You know what I'm saying? It's something you could have done, man. So, so we got to get brothers out of that victim, victim mentality, man, where we're always the victim. And like you said, that comes from, uh, stems from a lot of time, and y'all been talking about it, emotions, man, that is tied to something that sometimes we had an experience, we just heard about it. You know what I'm saying? We don't even know what it's really all about, man. You just heard a dude say it, man. You're like, oh, man, that's what happened to you. Right. Well, how you know? You just heard Joe Blow say it, but you didn't, it didn't go that way for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So why you got to be that's so exactly entangled it. with it if that was, like y'all keep saying, if that was not your experience, man. And, right. You know, and so if that was not my experience, but I saw another brother go through it, then what can I do to make it better for the next brother, man, so that neither right. one of us have to deal with it and we won't even have to hear it anymore? You know what I mean? Right. Right. I mean, and that's 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 where you that's where you create real change. Mm -hmm. And that's where you change. Right? You you talk about the the victim mentality, and and you you bring up a great point because I even talk about this in the book as well. Mm. Uh, the system, mm -hmm. okay? the system, mm -hmm. oh. We know this. We Tons know of studies have been done on it. Again, guys, don't take my word for it. I encourage everybody who's going to listen to this, go yeah. do your own research. Yes. Go do your own research. Yes. Um, yeah. But you will see that the welfare state, that food stamps, that government programs, all these things were designed to keep men out of the household, especially black men out of the household. Right. You can Come see on. that because the more kids you the more benefits you have. However, as long as there's a man in the house, you don't have benefits anymore. Exactly. That is still the case. Mm -hmm. That is still the case. So it's mm -hmm. been designed mm -hmm. that way. It is designed right. to make sure that you go to jail, that you lose your license, that you can't get to work, that you no longer have a passport, All that now you can ruin your credit when you miss your payments. All that's real. It's happening. Okay, mm -hmm. again, guys, go do your own research. This is all actual facts. This is all yes. true. Okay? Yes. Now, we've established that. The system is crooked. So what? That is mm -hmm. the name of that chapter. The mm -hmm. system is crooked. So what? Mm -hmm. right. yeah. I'm going to make different laws. If not, you have to abide by those laws. Secondly, you still have a choice in how you navigate the legal system. You still have a choice in how you navigate your relationship. Mm -hmm. You still have a choice in how you create that relationship with your children yes. and anyone else who's involved. That yes. is still on you the individual yes it's still on you the individual is it hard absolutely yeah i'll never forget being drugged through the system for a whole year simply because i changed jobs and didn't make the same amount of money Man. oh you need to go work more work more jobs you need to go work a third job you need to go you know we don't care that you're tired and you can't get Man. up and take care of your kids <laughs> a whole year i went to court every month for a whole year yeah. just to get my child support modified mm -hmm. just to have it modified rightfully modified mm -hmm. so yeah. I rightfully, rightfully rightfully modified, modified. And, and i bring that up because that that goes right back to what i was just saying i could have been mad i yeah. could have not shown up to court i could have been like ah f the system f yeah. that chick guess yeah. where i'd have been i'd have been yeah. in jail yeah because you're not yeah. gonna beat the system i went to court man. every single time i was supposed to be there i had representation 
every single time I was supposed to be there. When they said, oh, you got to make sure that you're showing that you're looking for jobs. I had a whole list of jobs every time I showed up. Mm. And eventually they were like, well, you've done everything we asked. Guess we got to modify it. Mm. Mm. Does it suck? 100%. 100%. Is it equitable? Not at all. However, you see two, I see too many brothers who get frustrated and the frustration again is righteous. Right. You have a right to be frustrated. Yeah, right. But exactly. you don't throw in the towel and do stupid stuff. Mm. You don't just get mad and lose your mind. Mm. You want to? Yes. Yes, mm -hmm. you do. Yes, sir. But that's not going to get you anywhere. We have got to be, we have to stop being so short-sighted. Yes, sir. Right? The reason why the game works so well against us is because everybody else is playing chess. Everybody else is three steps ahead of us. Yeah. That's why the game works so well. Yeah, we're too man. busy trying to kick stuff over. Yeah. Flip, flip the table over because we're mad. Yeah. Langley. Hey, yeah, man. You on fire. Tell me, tell me, man. <laughs> tell me, man. What was, how, okay, you wrote a book on it and you went through it. But as mm -hmm. you was going through all those situations for that year, what was your focal point? What was the end game for you? The end the game moment? was, well, it, for that situation, the end game was getting the modification, right? Mm -hmm. Because right. I, I refused to let the system tell me that about my lifestyle or tell me that what I could and couldn't afford or tell me where I could. You don't get to tell me that. I'm the one going to work. I'm the exactly. one with the bill. You don't get to tell me what I need to be doing. Exactly. Right? So, and but and the way that I battled that was by doing what was requested of me and continuing to do the good work. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I would work every day. Yeah. I got my kids on the weekends when I'm supposed to get them. I, you know, did any kind of extra help that was if I needed to go to practice, mm -hmm. if I needed to do whatever. It didn't matter. The court situation had no bearing on the relationship with my children. Mm -hmm. So that was that was part of it, right? So even though I'm irritated, and even though I was going through that and angry about it, I still went and hung out with my kids. I still yeah. had a good conversation with there my kids' mother. I still, yeah. still, right? All the yeah. stuff that I'm talking about is stuff that I did. This is how I was able to maintain my sanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and eventually, win because they saw a young black man who was doing everything right to the best of his ability, who was still taking care of his kids, still with his children, still trying to pick them up, still trying to have them on the weekends, still trying to take them to practice. Mm -hmm. So no one could say that I just was neglectful in my responsibility. I just mm -hmm. couldn't afford what I was making before. So right. once once I got to a place where the court realized, okay, this kid is doing everything that he's can possibly do, his, his economic situation is a little different. You know what? We don't have no more problems. Yeah. You know what, man? Yeah. I'm going to tell you something, too, man. Think about this. In a weird kind of way, and sometimes God has to work down, work those avenues to get a brother where a brother needs to be. But sometimes, man, even when we were in those situations, what you was in, what my son was in, as I look back on it, man, sometimes it makes us better men because we know how to fight through adversity, man. You know what I'm saying? Without always, what y'all keep saying, without always going through it with an emotional head first. We're going through it with a logical, educated, knowing how to do things type of head instead of that emotional head. And then when I make it through all those situations and I look back and then I start operating in what I've learned and been taught, it makes me a better man. 
You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day. And here we go. And then you just said it earlier. I did all of that so that I could have a relationship with my kids, man. And not only that, a positive atmosphere when we're together. I don't have to think about, oh, I got to give your mama some more money so we can't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? No, it wasn't like that. It was like I did all that court stuff, and then I still got a chance to have a positive relationship and atmosphere with my kids outside of doing all that. That calls for a fight, man. And if a brother is not willing to make that kind of fight for his kids, man, he don't need them. Yeah. He don't need them, man. He mm -hmm. don't need them. Definitely do not disagree. It, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Mm -hmm. and, and the chips are stacked against you. Mm -hmm. And if you if you are not in a, a good position before these things happen, and sometimes even if you are in one before all this stuff, you know, you know, relationships, marriages evaporate. I mean, it's yes. a great into ash and, and things get really terrible. So, yes. you know, we're not going to say that it, there's not any. Any perfect equation, however. Right. You, you have to be willing to to put put up the fight if that's what you want yeah right that's what yeah. you want and i say that because and i'm not giving anyone any anyone a free pass no one no one's getting a free pass mm -hmm. if you don't if you don't want to be involved with your children then you need to walk away and stay away and i say that in my book and i'm gonna repeat that for anyone who's got a problem with anything we're talking about right now if you don't want to be involved if you don't want to have a relationship, if you don't want to see your children grow up, if you don't want to support them, vanish. Yeah. Hey, man, who's that cat coming down the street? I don't know, but it sounds to me like that different man with the bone. Sure having himself a ball. Yo, 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 Nashville, man. What's up, guys? What's up? Peace to the city and peace to the planet. You are listening. To the baddest podcast in Nashville, man. The only podcast that gives you a radio show feeling with a podcast undertone, guys. We are here. Hope you guys are enjoying today's episode. If you follow our platform regularly, I'm sure you do follow our platform regularly. So since you do follow our platform regularly, then you know right about now we get into what is called the BMVT Black News Weekly segment, Nashville. What does that mean? That means that something is going on in the city of Nashville that we want to announce that maybe you family and friends can be a part of. Let's see what we got for this week's BMVT Black News Weekly segment. Guys, if you're a fan of the Harlem Globetrotters, man, who doesn't like a good Harlem Globetrotters game? Man, these guys will be in town Saturday, man. This Saturday, January 20th. The original Harlem Globetrotters, guys. The Globetrotters are the world's basketball team. Touring over 400 cities in 25 countries, each Globetrotters game features some of the best athletes on the planet. Unmatched fan interaction, incredible ball handling wizardry, the famous Harlem Globetrotters four-point shot, rim-rattling dunks, and side-splitting comedy. Guys, make sure that you click the link in the episode description to get tickets directly to the Harlem Globetrotters game, guys, this Saturday at Bridgestone Arena. Let's get back into today's episode. Because yeah, there's man. somebody else that will. Yeah. There's somebody else that will. There's man. somebody else that will. Langley, I know you're right, man. I go to church with a brother right now. 
Shout out to my boy, man. I'm gonna say his name because he need his name needs to be said because he's a brother. His brother's name is Ricky, a voice man that goes to my church. Hey man, that brother and his wife they took in about four or five kids from different homes, man, and different uh what you call them places uh foster home situations, man. Hey man, took them kids in, blended them together, man. And now they have a family, man, that, that their children lead our youth department in our church, man. You know what I'm saying? That's just how when a brother steps up to the plate and does what's necessary, even in some difficult situations. Because I'm going to be honest, man, on the outside looking in, it didn't look like it was going to work, man. You're mm -hmm. like, man, how he going to bring all that together, man? All them different backgrounds and different situations. And how he going to bring all that together, hey, man? Him and his wife have done an immaculate job, man, with them kids. Man. Not saying they perfect, but what I'm saying that he was able to bring all that together, man. And what he was able to do, man. And this one piece, this one thing I like to I like to say that he did, man. And it causes for some support when you're dealing with what you deal with, what my son did with, what a lot of brothers are dealing with. But it calls for the support, man, of some type of group, man, that's willing to get in the trenches with you. And I thank God, but he allowed our church to be that group, man. So he would always bring them kids to church, man, around church events or whatever. Hey, man, that boy's family, man, they are family to be reckoned with right now, man. So said all that to say, sometimes it just take a brother and somebody that's willing to support that brother, walk alongside that brother to get the positive results that we're looking for in society, man. And just to, to capitalize on that, you know, I, I, I don't want to play devil's advocate, man, but I think, Langley, what we've said is so true. You are given the right as a black man to be frustrated when you... Mm -hmm are not given the proper tools to be successful behind visitation with your child. I don't want to sit here Langley on this podcast and say, I wasn't damn frustrated, man. You mm -hmm. talk about 11 months of no son. This is my firstborn son. I missed his first birthday. I missed his first steps. I missed his first words. I don't want to shun the brothers that are frustrated. I get it. Langley gets it. You know, we are two brothers, man, that have been through this, you know, far and through and have seen it in many different cases, man. But again, I think the important thing is to always understand that the child is the biggest, biggest reward from mm -hmm. you containing those emotions. Mm -hmm. You have yeah. to be able to contain them. And it's so hard, Langley, man. We live in a world of social media now. It was hard for me, man, to scroll on social media and see all my friends with their kids for Christmas. It was hard for me to scroll on social media and knowing I got a Halloween costume for my son, but he he won't get to even put it on, you know, for his mm -hmm. first Halloween. It was hard for me to see a good homeboy of mine, uh, his baby is taking their first steps. And I'm like, man, wow, I wish I could have seen mine take his. It's hard, man. But I think, again, what your book exemplifies man is first off taking the accountability in self of understanding that you know the relationship may have not been what it was or what we thought it would be between me and mom but we have to make sure that i i i have to make sure that i contain myself so much so to keep the relationship neutral to where my son doesn't see no difference no type of pullback or wherewithal of what was but as you said, move into the future of what will be by making sure that we dedicate time, effort, and purpose into seeing and being with our child, man. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, man. And I'm going to tell you something else, too, right quick. 
that's how you beat the powers that be, Langley. That, like you said, all these things that's aligned up against us. This how we beat them, man. Is creating positive atmospheres with the mother, with the family members, with the child, man. And we create positive uh, situations so that all these things that are lined up against us, we let them know that you're not going to win over here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You bring that stuff over here, man, we're not going. You might get that over somewhere else, but over here in this establishment, we're trying to make positive uh, situations come out of a bad situation. Right. 100%. And that takes discipline. Yes. You know, yeah. uh, yes, to your point, yeah. um, you know, I, there were lots of times where I just completely cut off communication. There were plenty of times where I was like, you know what, I'm not going to allow this individual to continue to get me out of character. So until we can talk mm -hmm. and be adults, we're just not going to talk. Mm -hmm. um, you, you mentioned some of the things that you missed. And I, I, I talk about some of that in the book. And, you know, I can talk about a lot of the things that I missed and a lot of the things that brought me frustration around holidays and some different things. And I, and I will tell you, the, the greatest peace or relief that I got was when I realized that. And, and just hear me out. Those things didn't matter as much as people make them out to be. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, when you talk about putting the kids first. Right. You're, you know, when you got kids who are one, two, three, honestly, they're not going to remember anything. I now this is not an excuse to not be present. So let me put that out there. It's not an excuse for that. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is if you have a situation that is tumultuous and you are struggling right now with being able to be involved, there are things that those kids are not ever going to remember. So true. Now, and that, that was something that gave me peace. So the other thing that gave me peace was saying, okay, you know what? I'm not going to force my time. What am I saying with that? I got to a place where, especially around the holidays, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to run myself ragged. I'm not going to run around crazy. I'm not going to make an argument. I'm not going to make a scene. You know what? Cool. The kids are doing this, this, and this for Christmas. Bet. You know what? I'll get them on the 27th. I'll get them on the 28th. I'll get them on the 23rd. We'll celebrate Christmas when I get them. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Instead of making it this big deal about, oh, I got to have my kids on Christmas Day. So what? It's another day. Mm -hmm. it, yes, it's it's exciting. But do do they care? Our kids are. Ask yourself. Does a child on the 27th getting presents for the first time, are they going to be less excited than the kid who got their presents on the 25th for the first time? <laughs> right. That's <true>. right. Right. <laughs> hey, man. That's true. So true. Right? So true. Uh, and so those are some of the small things that I had to relinquish, right? Those expectations. Expectations are the greatest cause of disappointment. So mm -hmm. when I stopped having certain expectations, I stopped experiencing disappointment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And so that's some of the things that you can immediately change in, in your perception, the way you think, and the way that you handle things. You know what? Mm -hmm. This is not a, a big deal. Right. Mm -hmm. we, we create these mountains out of molehills. And, and men, we are especially good at that, right? Because we want mm -hmm. to be explosive. We want to be angry. We want to find <laughs> a, 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 a focused target, right? And we, we want to go down range. That's what we right. want to do. Right. It's much harder. That's easy. Yeah, it's much right. harder to say, you know what? That's not really as big a problem as I'm making it out to be. That's right. not as big of an issue as I'm making it out to be. Right. And this goes back to what we were talking about with accountability. Once you start realizing that, you know what? I'm probably creating more frustration for all of us than 
what's actually there. Mm-hmm. Then you start having different conversations. Right. Then you start. And again, there are some women who are completely unagreeable. I we, we know that doesn't matter how good you're going to be. doesn't matter how, you know, and I address this in the book for everybody who's listening. This is in the book too. Mm-hmm. Some people, it's never going to be a good situation. Right. Now, to bring this conversation full circle, that still doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not about them. Right. It's not about them. It doesn't matter if, if, if it's never going to be, you, you may not ever be friends. You may not ever be able to talk to each other. You may not ever be able to be in the same room, whatever, who cares? Do you, is, are you able to have that relationship with your child? Are you all able? It is, there was a time where self, one of my kids' mothers, we never spoke, period. Mm. We didn't speak at all mm-hmm. for years. I would pick my daughter up. I would drop her off. We have our fun time. That was it. Mm. for years right we wow. couldn't she and i could not get along for nothing right for a multitude of reasons me and her personal stuff experience trauma emotional attachment blah 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 right the list goes on right so right. we we could not we could not have a conversation without having an argument so we stopped talking we we set the schedule and that was it and the point i'm making is that we have to separate the relationship with the parent and the relationship with the child. Absolutely. That is something, this is not, this transcends race, Absolutely. transcends culture. So Absolutely. true. So true. Too many people have a poor relationship with their kids because the relationship with the parent is poor. Come on. Yeah. That's, Come on, that's a choice. Come on. Right? Yeah. I still had a great relationship with, with my kids, no matter what's going on with them. Yeah. No matter what else is happening. Right? We didn't, like I said, we didn't talk, but we set the schedule. And and this is where the discipline and the work comes in, gentlemen, for anybody who's watching this. Mm-hmm. I still got my kid on time every weekend, never late, didn't miss. Okay. Because it was about it was about that relationship. Yes. Right. Not about what her mom was saying, yeah. how she the time or whatever. It was about the relationship that I had with my kid. Right. And I didn't let that keep me from being involved. Yes. So again, that's a decision. And that may be unpopular. I don't know. But I will say that if you if if you are serious about your relationship with your kids, with any children, let me let me step back a second. You talked about the young brother who's got the foster children. You know, this book is not just for your biological kids. This book mm-hmm. is about the in a child's life. Yeah, right? man. Whatever right. capacity that right. you're in, whether you're a mentor, an educator, yes. a big brother, uh, an actual father, a stepfather, whatever your role is, yes, we always improve. So we're talking a lot about relationships between biological parents, but but know that this book is also meant for any male role model in any dynamic with a child. We can be better. We can do some things different. We can do some things better. Mm-hmm. So I do want to put that out there because it's not just about we. You mentioned it, blended families. Mm-hmm. Family by definition is someone who has kids with a previous person, and they come together, and either they have more children or they just bring their children into this new family dynamic. Right? That's what mm-hmm. a blended family is. Mm-hmm. So we talk about the explosion of blended families as has occurred in the twentieth, twenty first century. 
And you realize that there's a lot of co-parenting situations. We're not going to say co-parenting happening, but there's a lot of co-parenting situations. This is about how do we tackle that across the board? Yeah. Yeah. How do we, how do we adjust? How do we become better? Whether it's, I've got, you know, I mean, we, we, we know all the scenarios, I may have my kids from previous relationships. I have a wife who has kids from previous relationships. We have kids now. So you've got three different sets of children that you've got to try and figure out how to raise who all have different dynamics, different backgrounds, different experiences, different parents. Yes, sir. Well, this is about all of those things. How do you get better? Because you might have a great relationship with your kids and the biological kids, but what about her children? Why isn't that working? Mm. Right. What, what are you, what's happening there that you all can't get on the same page? You gotta, you gotta look at self no matter what. I like that, man. Mm. Hey, man, we get to the end, man. Mm. I just want to say, first of all, Langley, I thank you for coming on, man. And I just want to say this little last piece that you threw out there, and I'll let Jonathan close us out, man, get the social media handles on how we can get this book, man. Because at the end of the day, all the things that you said about this book, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you don't go buy this book, you're doing yourself a disservice, man, because this brother has poured his heart out, man. He's talked about his personal situations and how how he's taken this one word that I like. He keeps saying it. Even when we was talking before we uh, got on tonight, we was talking about this one word, and you just said it in your last statement, accountability, man. Mm -hmm. We got to hold out because you said look at self. So that's accountability. If I'm going to look at myself and take accountability for everything that I do, then that will make me be better at making my decisions, man, because I'm going to hold myself accountable. And if I do that first, hey, man, I guarantee you, man, we're going to make, we're going to create better and more positive situations moving forward. I guarantee you. I love it, man. Langley, man, as we close out, brother, uh, no different than uh, the last time we had you on the show, man. We uh, give you a scenario, man. We give a closing question yes, where um, I was this young man, uh, you know, during my situation. So um, we give you a scenario where there's a young man. Um, he let's say, let's say he's a father, you know, that is fighting for his child. Hadn't seen his child in a year, two years, three years, five years. Litigation after litigation, court fees, lawyer fees. He's trying to find a way, any way, to make money, put food on his own table, put clothes on his back. He's having a hard time adjusting and understanding why me, right? This young man, he's thinking about suicide. He's thinking about, man, I can't take it no more. You know, this, the, the court's doing this. His mom is doing that. I don't have no help. What are you telling this brother, man, that is listening to your story? He's heard your story, but he's still thinking about crashing out. He wants to buy the book, but he just won't add it in his car. He just, he's just not feeling it, man. He's still thinking about jumping the bridge, right? What do you tell this young brother, man, in three to five minutes, if you will, to encourage, motivate, influence him to say, hey, man, I was the same brother. I know what you're going through, what you've been through. But, man, find a way to move past this moment right here. What could you tell that brother today, man, that's listening? Storms don't last always. You know, one of the things that I think about, and I've seen it somewhere on social media, is that you know, 
God's going to provide an umbrella mm-hmm. in a rainstorm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's not raining. Right. You're just going to get less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the storm is inevitable. Yeah. yeah. So one way that you can find peace is to stop wondering why you, because the rain falls on everyone. Mm-hmm. It may look different. Mm-hmm. But with that, the rain stops eventually. Yeah. You got to keep your focus on the unequivocal eventuality that it's going to be a sunny day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say to a gentleman like that is. The battle is always the most difficult right before the triumph. It's always right before the triumph. And the enemy is trying to pull out all the stops right at the end to keep you walking through your door of greatness. If you can hold on and persevere. Now, I can't put a timeline on that. Human beings are the only people who attach themselves to time in a linear fashion. God does not operate that way. So I'm not going to give you a timeline. But what I am going to say is, if you can just hold on to it, know that it's going to change. And also, if you're doing it for your children, how are you going to help them if you're no longer here? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ismael. And that's hard. I've been there. I've been there. I tried it on more than one occasion. And I'm telling you from all those experiences is it may take two years. It may take five years. But at some point, you're going to get to build that relationship. Now, the type of relationship that you get to build is going to be predicated on whether or not you're holding on to the last five years. (laughs) Thank you. So at some point, whenever that transition happens, you got to walk through that door away from that five year struggle and into the excitement of building that relationship. Too many guys finally get that breakthrough and then anchor themselves to the past. Can't enjoy. Can't enjoy. And, then, and wonder why that relationship isn't working. Because you're still too worried about, you're still too mad about what happened to get there than being excited about the fact that you got there. Hey, man, we ain't even got no mice, but I want to drop my phone on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. That's it, my brother. That is, man, that's it. That's it, man. Hey, I, man, hey, I'm I'm you. I'm not speechless, and I could we could keep on talking. But hey, man, we keep on talking. We might well crank up another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> man, <laughs> man, ladies and gentlemen, man, yeah, lately shades of yeah, man, dude. I, I just I don't know what to say about this yeah. young man. Um, again, man, just give you your flowers while you're here, yeah, man. man. Thank Seriously. you for the book, dude. Yeah. Um, guys, man, make sure. Oh social media handles man um if you guys paid attention to the earlier part of our episode man langley gave us full description of where to buy the book right. uh again what the book means to him 
uh, just everything surrounding, man, this great, great novel, man, that he has. But Langley, social media handles, man, where can we find you naturally, man? We've got where we can buy the book at. Check our episode description. Mm -hmm. The direct Amazon link, we'll drop that in. But man, where can we find you, man? More content about your podcast, I believe you said you yeah, have. Yeah, the word, man. Yeah, man. Crank that back up, man. Yes, sir. Where can we find you, bro? Yeah, so so season three of Casual Word Radio, um, we're, we're going to start getting ready to put that out uh, this year. Uh, Casual World Radio, all previous episodes are currently available anywhere that you get your podcast. That's Apple, that's Google, that's Spotify. That's all, we're on all platforms. Um, also on YouTube, Casual Word. You can also find episodes on King Network TV. If you have a Roku, you can download the King Network TV app and view some of our podcasts on there. So you'll actually see it just like this or some of the episodes that I've had in person with people are on that app as well. On Facebook, you can find me at Langley Casual Word Shazer. Uh, you can find my public profile page at just Langley Shazer. Instagram, The Casual Word. Um, and that's it, guys. I'm, I'm super approachable. I'm super uh, easy to find. If you have questions, if you have concerns, if you need prayer, if you just wanna have a conversation, you know, hit me up on any of those platforms. If you want to be a bit more candid, you can email me at thecasualword at gmail.com. Uh, I respond to all my emails. So, you know, don't hesitate to reach out for any reason and look out for more stuff that we're working on to assist and to encourage young brothers, not only in crisis, but brothers who are just trying to find their own way and become a better version of themselves. Praise God, man. Absolutely, man. Praise God, man. Man, and just for fun, man, um, I'm loving the, the the newfound love life, man. To the young lady that, that yeah. may be listening, we just want to say yeah. hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, man, that. It is. I seen that brother kick back with a cigar, and I said, man, he's feeling pretty good right now. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. It's, uh, you know, there's and, and, and there's nothing like being appreciated. There's nothing like being accepted. There's nothing I like being who right. you are with someone, right? And uh, accepting all the things. Right. So a lot of stuff that we talk about, you know, we, she and I have had those conversations. She knows a lot about the things that I've gone through and the things that I've been through. And, and she supports the journey. She supports the elevation. She supports the maturity. Yeah. She encourages. Uh, she holds me accountable yes, for sir. actions. And, and you can't ask for a, a better partner in life uh, yes. as well as in business and, and, like, and creativity right i yeah. mean she's another creative and, and helps me with a lot of things so yeah man definitely give her a shout because uh it's been truly amazing and uh, i'm definitely blessed to to finally be in a great situation uh in my in my personal life so uh, yeah. it definitely assists in making a lot of things a whole lot easier to deal with and we're not gonna lie so for anybody who's also listening i, I do want to advocate for the, the settling down and finding that special someone because you know you can't do life by yourself yes, and especially if you're going through some things especially if you're struggling with some things or you're trying to find yourself you're trying to find your path you're trying to find your way to a better you a good person in your corner is irreplaceable so if you have one hold on to them if you don't have one keep praying because they coming but you got to be ready for them too so Thank you know hold the conversation but i want to encourage that man i want to encourage that to everybody listening all the brothers listening man if you got somebody good you know settle down man yeah you're not missing nothing you're not missing nothing out here in this world you're not and and it's hard to find love it's hard to find trust it's hard to find loyalty so if you got those things man like i i, I encourage you to nurture that grow that and enjoy it yes sir man that's what i done 
Man. Hey, Langley. Yeah, I ain't got nothing. Hey, man, all I can say, man, is Langley, thank you, man. You know, thank you goes a long way. Sometimes people get things from God, man, and they never say thank you. So I'm not going to ever be one of those people. I probably used to be, but I learned better. So with that being said, I want to say thank you, brother, for gracing our platform again. And, man, hey, man, if we uh, start out 2024, this is the third one, man. I think, you know, if we was uh, batting in uh, baseball, man, we'd be three for three right now, man. We could make a lot of money in baseball right now. <laughs> I, I, I'm not mad. I appreciate you guys. This, this is, uh, golly, man, this is it's definitely overdue. Uh, but yeah. you guys have been doing your thing, and uh, you, you always got my 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 support 100% and everything that you guys have to do. Um, I know we're going to all continue to do great things in our yes, own sir. avenues and collaboratively. So, yes, sir. You know, yes, sir. Keep, keep knocking it out the park, man, because you guys are just you're killing it. Appreciate it, man, my brother. Love, man. Guys, let's get out of here, man. Make sure you like, share, give us a comment, yes, man. Sir. We cannot be better without you. So That's make right. sure you guys give us some love, some feedback, man. But, man, y'all know how we rock and close out. It is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. You can do what you can, and you can't with what you can't. Pop. Nashville and to the islands next until next week is a wrap. Black man, don't get trapped. Nashville, that is the end of today's episode. Right now, we want to give special thanks to our sponsor and again, encourage others to help the Black Men Ventu podcast with our movement aiming to change the narrative of black men one episode at a time. Guys, we want to thank our one and only sponsor right now being Mr. Tony Jenkins, a part of the Fit Financial Group, a marketing group that truly, truly has helped our podcast reach higher heights. If you're listening to this right now, we need your help. Yes, we need your help. Email us at B-L-A-C-K-M-E-N-V-E-N-T-2 the number two at yahoo.com and we will provide you with a sponsorship package offering that we offer from Black Men Vid 2. There are different price ranges that come with different perks, different merch items, advertisement opportunities, and so much more. If you or anyone that you know of is willing to invest, partner, or sponsor the only black father and son podcast in Nashville, Tennessee. Reach out to us, guys. We really could use your help as we aim to change the narrative of black men one episode at a time. We thank you guys for tuning in to the Black Men Vent 2 podcast. Peace.